Hi, everybody. Welcome back to episode 97 of the Simply Walton Podcast. I'm your host, Colin. I'm joined by my co-host, Chris. How are we doing, everybody? We're just a couple of best friends passionate about all things pop culture. If you're looking for lukewarm takes on movies, video games, TV shows, or even the occasional comic, then we got the show for you. That's right. Oh, you all right there? Yep, <laughs> Getting solid. chipped up. You just think about that big 100, and you're like, yeah. oh. Yeah, we're hitting. We're, yeah, we're creeping up on the... We're, we'd be creeping on uh, triple digits there. That's right. Yep. Triple D. One zero zero. We'll be here before you know it. Mm-hmm. Um, we were just talking. We are like, what do we do? And you were like, you came up with some really bold ideas. And I'm like, those are not three weeks away ideas. Mm-hmm. Those are three months away ideas. Yeah, but they were good ideas. They were. So maybe maybe we'll catch you on 200, you know? <laughs> <laughs> we're so, starting now. Yeah, yeah. But uh, no, this week uh, we went and saw the Iron Claw. Try and get the taste of uh, Rebel Moon out of our mouth. That's right. Um <laughs> It was like a good saltine, you know? Yeah. Really uh, cleanse the palate there. Saltines. Divine. <laughs> You're they're like, that is beauty. That is art. I'm like, all right, easy. It's a it's a pretty plain cracker. Michelin stars. <laughs> the saltine is so plain that people use it to describe how bland things are. Mm-hmm. And you're over here like, I could just chow down. I could. I know. And I have. And I will you, continue you do. to. Because I'm him. <laughs> I'll be him. <laughs> I've, been, I've him. been him. I will continue, continue to, to be him. him. Uh, now, so we do have a bit of news. Uh, nothing oh. too major, I don't think. Jonathan um, Yeah. He went on ABC. The, uh, he sure did and uh, wiped away his crocodile tears. Did I you didn't, see that? No, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't watch the full interview, but there's, you know, like the ad, you know, mm. like the, you know, Tune in for the first interview. That's literally since, what you know. I saw. That's literally what yeah. I saw. And I was like, oh, I didn't know he's yeah. going Jonathan on there. Jonathan Major's first interview after the bombshell. You know, and you're like, oh, my God. Okay. Hey, you know, hey, and he's hey, over here, like, <laughs> wiping away a knot. Like, I didn't see a tear, but I saw uh-huh. him wiping. You know, I'm like, all right, Bob. Here we go, pal. All righty. And I love the people are like, are we going to see Vought, like, parody this in uh, The Boys? And they're like, because ABC, who he did his first interview with, is owned by Disney. Who owns Marvel? Who just fired his ass, and now he's coming on to do an interview with Disney, basically to go. Here's what it feels like to be fired by Disney. You know what I mean? Damn. <laughs> and it's such a weird, like, oh, that is just bizarrely like <laughs> that funny feeling kind of thing. Yeah. You know? This it's full actor, circle. Yeah, this actor who got fired by a company for being abusive to his girlfriend uh, wants to go on another, you know, <laughs> owned by company news station to go. Yeah, I got to save my character a little bit here. That just feels like a monopoly somehow. Yeah, well, again, it's just this really weird. Like, how did we get here? This is a very strange. Like, and you know, the worst part is like it's we too used to late be hunter to... gatherers, yeah. you know, <laughs> and now here we are. Yep. But anyways, before we get too another news, before we get too deep there, um, <clears throat> actually, in Marvel casting news, we'll start there. Uh, Stephen Yun is no Playing longer. King. He no, <laughs> no, he's no longer going to be in the Thunderbolts. He was gonna play. Um, uh huh. The he was gonna play Sentry, I believe. Let me. I just wanted to double check that. I completely blanked. Yes, he was playing Sentry, um, and it there wasn't like bad blood or anything like that. But the strike pushed it back for enough that he had um, schedule conflicts. Now mm-hmm. that it was set to re, and so he was like super at public and being like, "I'm really sorry for having to quit on this. Like I really yeah. was looking forward to it, and I'd love to do something with Marvel in the future. This just didn't work out this the way everything it. moved, uh, which is really disappointing. Because yeah, I also think it's so funny that like 
Robert Kirkman straight up out of his ass. Remember that? Robert Kirkman being like, my buddy uh, Stephen Young's yep. going to play the Sentry in Marvel. And there was a, that was not official. Mm-mm. And then now it's like, well, thanks, Robert Kirkman. You blew that open. Now we know Sentry's going to be in it. And it's not even going to be Stephen Young. Or maybe they postpone and just don't put Sentry in. Um, but who knows? Depending on how integral to the story he is, yeah. they might have to you know, keep forwarding forward and, and make somebody else be Sentry now. Um, Big old wet fart right there. Yeah. But <laughs> jeepers, <laughs> pardon, pardon, jeepers, jeepers. That fucking kills me. What a wild thing to say after audibly shitting your pants <laughs> is to say jeepers, jeepers, <laughs> gee willikers. <laughs> after you just had like a baby shit sounding fart. Uh, in a total different news here um, from baby shits, mm-hmm. uh, Blue House. And Atomic Monster did complete their merger. So uh, Atomic Monster is the company owned by Mr. Uh, James Wan. And obviously Jason Bloom is the head of Bloom House. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they kind of, they work together on, um, as like co-producers yeah. on uh, Megan, the AI Maybe robot girl. I heard it wasn't that great. I heard pretty like better than mid things. Okay. Not like. Yeah, you know, like a seven out of ten kind of thing. Right, man. You know, worst things to watch. Catch it on streaming. You'll have a good time. Things like that. Um, <clears throat> it also did really well for did its it? budget. Hmm. Um, but again, J- you figure Jason Bloom, he sits right in that pocket of that's whole that's Bloomhouse's whole shtick is how can we make a horror movie for like between five and fifteen million and make twenty and make you know yeah fifty million on it yeah. and you just made a ten times your budget you know and that's a big a big win there and I think horror is a pretty good genre for that it's because there's just no good horror movies anymore well partially that but also it's easy to make something scary without like a massive budget you know what i mean sure like how do you what do you i mean i can't picture a hundred million dollar horror movie you just get a dark room get an old looking house yeah i mean you can do in fact horror is one of those genres where a lot of times less is more right you know and so i think it is like with jaws you don't you know yeah most of the movie you don't see it Right, exactly. Until, you know, or when you do, it's like glimpses, right, things yeah, like that. You don't that. see the full, the full shock. Yeah. <clears throat> but all of that to say, the, after they had worked together, it was announced, I think, back at the beginning of the last year, that basically they're going to look at merging um, with, I think, they would hold, between the two of them, a majority stake, but that also NBC Universal would have a, uh, a stake in it as well. Um, but that merger has completed. So now uh, both film houses work together mm-hmm. uh, and... You know, that they hold rights to The Conjuring, Five Nights at Freddy's, Night Swim, the new one that's coming out that apparently is getting pretty good, like, pre-screening uh, reviews and stuff. Okay. Um, that's another, you know, like we talked about, less is more. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, Megan, Happy Death Day, which did really well. Uh, the Black Phone, Ma, which I remember, the, uh, Octavia Spencer. The Black Phone, the phone, the Black Phone was, it was all right. Who were the, I'm trying to think of who played. Ethan Hawke. Bingo. Mm-hmm. He and his character was like, ooh, yeah, but it was more like disturbing than it was yeah. scary. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, it's psychological. Yeah, you know, um, obviously they've got Annabelle, the Nun, Split, the Purge, Split's good. Get Out, um, the Curse of La Llorona. We've got a lot of fun with that. <laughs> Insidious, Malignant, Invisible Man, Lights Out, and Insidious, more. Is scary. Yeah, so they've got a lot of things that are now shared under 
nice. their roof. Um, and so it's kind of nice. because horror those, universe? Yeah, essentially. Uh, now, it's not like they all exist together, but sure. all of those are movies well, that they... The Conjuring together. and Annabelle and... Uh, yeah, all I that I think is. Insidious uh-huh. somehow is all played in And it. so it would be interesting to see Jason Bloom kind of get his fingerprint on some of those, not large budget, but James Wan is known for slightly larger budget horror. Yeah. Um, and so it'd be interesting to see what Jason Bloom could do now that he just has access to projects like that. Yeah. Um, and just to see what the two of them do together, because the one thing that I, Morgan and I had talked about, we were reflecting on Aquaman too. Um, in the first Aquaman, which was done by James Wan, mm-hmm. um, there is a section of that where they go into the Mar- like I'm pretty sure it's the Mariana Trench, and um, there are like these really creepy, like it's a scary scene a little bit where you're like, oh, you can tell that James Wan likes horror, yeah. you know, and he just couldn't help himself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, somebody stop me, <laughs> you know, uh, because they're out like on a ship in the middle of the trench and it's like getting night and stormy and all that. And uh, he has to Aquaman has to dive down to like the bottom of the trench to get to wherever he's trying to go to. Yeah, sure. I don't remember the whole reason, you know, bippity boppity boop. Right. <laughs> but there's just swarms of like these kind of mindless drone type, like almost fish zombie um, creatures. They kind of remind me of like mermaids, but like horrifying mermaids. Okay. Um, and there's a really distinct shot from it that I'm like, that's the only shot from Aquaman that I can remember and go, mm-hmm. that's pretty impa- like a you know a striking visual. Yeah. And it's you can see the boat on the surface of the water. It's dark out, and I think Aquaman's holding a flare. And as he's swimming down through it, you can just see the swarm of them around him, like trying to stay out of the flare light. Wow. As he's like puncturing through them, basically with the mm-hmm. light. And it's like that's a really spooky. And there was going to be like a the trench spinoff that got canceled and things like that. Uh, that was going to be James Wan was probably going to be more horror. I just saw a, a thing about Amber Heard. Amber Turd. Amber uh-huh. Turd. She came and she posted something. She was like, "Thanks for the support or whatever." Yeah, thanks for the support of you know, let me back on the movie and stuff mm-hmm. like that and. She got so much fucking hate yeah, for it, like, Were Everyone, you in that movie? Yeah, I don't like, remember. No, as soon as I heard she was in that movie, I didn't want to go see the movie. And a lot of people are yeah. saying that's why it flopped so bad. There's a, there's the potential. Yeah. And like, I, mean, I, I, don't, a, I really uh, don't think she had a big enough character for it to impact it at all. No, but I think it's a like a, a, a terrible storm, right? Yeah. Of like, it didn't look great. Um, the universe itself hasn't done well. You know, it's kind of... Right. You know, diminishing returns for sure. Every time you go back, it's worse than before. Yeah. Um, and then to, you know, know that it's basically on the way out. Like, this is the last project being released that is part of the DCEU, you know, that original v- vision. Yeah. And so it feels like a, I'm not that invested anymore. What's the point, right? Yeah. And then you add on top of that a, a loud subsection of people that are, like, boycotting because she's a part of it. Um yeah, and all those things combined, I think. But I was reading today. It looks like it has the potential to break even. Okay. Um, which, you know, obviously. That's a, yeah, at least what you want. Yeah, it's a shame that that's a celebration. But, yeah. um, I mean, I say a shame. I just mean for the people that worked on it. Obviously, you don't right, wish yeah. that they. I'm sure they didn't go into it going, you know what I want to make? A pretty mediocre movie. Right. Um, and so for them to go, well, at least we didn't make a absolute disaster movie. Right. Um, because it was looking to be, I think they said internationally, it's doing pretty well. Um, so it's looking to, you know, bring in north of four hundred four hundred million dollars, four hundred dollars, four hundred buckaroos. Yeah, <laughs> uh, about thirty-two people went and saw it. Um, no, uh, yeah, somewhere north of four hundred twenty million, I think it said, and the budget was around two ten. So if you add in marketing, they're probably right around yeah. even. Yeah. Um, so you know, all things considered, okay, cool, good for you. You can cross <laughs> it off. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you know what? We didn't lose our ass on that one. 
and we got it out and everybody can get their check and we'll call it, you know, safe, (laughs) safe. So we got off on a tangent there about James Wan, but I do think it's interesting to see those two, um, you know, make some moves. She really shit on his pillow. Allegedly. (laughs) I don't think that ever was like a, in the court of law proven to be a thing, but we'll say allegedly just for safety's sake. Where there's smoke, there's fire, you know, (laughs) where there's stink, there's shit. You know, know, I don't think she's just farting under the sheets. And I'll tell you what, this stinks. (laughs) Uh, anyways, (laughs) I'll tell you what, (laughs) this stinks. This this was a weird one for me. So the, how to drain your, how how to, (laughs) how to drain your dragon. Just makes me think of the, like, like the how to train your dragon. And, you know, it's like it's the porn parody. <laughs> you know, it's just uh, like donkey. And he's like fuck the dragon. Uh, yeah, uh, that was a total Freudian slip. Uh, how to train Daisy? Daisy. How to train your dragon? Uh, live action adaptation is gonna have Gerard Butler play Stolok, the dad, or Stoic, the dad, mm-hmm. and he plays the dad in the animation. Yeah. So it's a very weird, like, one step further to be like. Why are we doing live action remakes of animated movies that, first of all, aren't that old? Not really. And second of all, that is the same guy. Like, yeah, the only someone else, right? Or like just do a totally different story, or and that's gonna be hard. That's gonna be like a weird thing because I know they're not gonna be able to get the actor who plays Hiccup. I can't remember his name. He was in Sorcerer's Apprentice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that that's his claim to fame. Oh, he was also in Tropic Thunder. Yeah, <laughs> that's the other not name. Justin Long. Um, Jay Burrell. Jay Burrell. Um, because he's he's old now. I mean, he's older, mm-hmm. but so, but I still, mean, yeah, he's not a kid. He can't play that. Yeah, he might be able to pull off, but he doesn't even look like Hiccup either. Um, I... No, he doesn't. Totally different hair and well, everything. He's skinny and, and lanky. <laughs> sure, I mean that's Hiccup's build. They got the same build. I mean, you can slap what, a wig. All skinny on white him. guys look the same. Basically, Whoa. slap a wig on him, dude. <laughs> is that Michael Sarah? I can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> is that Steve Crow? <laughs> yeah, who is that? <laughs> Steve Carell. Yeah. He's a white guy. He's a white. He's white. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, yeah. So again, it's just that just struck me as like a very weird thing of like, all right, I mean, cool. Yeah, you know, get Gerard Butler in a movie, I guess. Yeah. He is. Uh, yeah, I mean, he is uh, like <laughs> he is salted popcorn. You know. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. Sure. You want some popcorn? Oh, is there butter on it? There's salt. Like, all right, well, it's better than plain popcorn, I yeah. guess. I'd really like butter, you know. Well, you got salt. You're like, okay, well. Okay. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> you take it and sit down. You don't finish the bucket. Uh-uh. Uh, dude, we always finish the bucket. No doubt. <laughs> I mean. Before the preview, We don't done. quit, dude. <laughs> we're, in the, we're in our we're, refill we're before work, the movie starts. We're working until we feel bottom. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> It's just a consistent, you know, yeah, we hit the work, 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 work. Yeah, it's like those videos of the dudes driving uh, railroad spikes where they're like in synchronous, you know, ting, <laughs> yeah. ting, 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 ting. That's us digging just mm-hmm. handfuls into our mouth. We're scaring the kids in there. <laughs> yeah, people are looking Mom, at us. Mom, my tooth came out. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Anyways, uh, yeah, Jay Baruchel, that's his name. Did I say that? Yeah. I feel like I mispronounced his last name. Either way, um... Yeah, and so it's just I was reading here to see if we knew who was going to play Hiccup and Astrid yet, and it doesn't look like we do. Um, just old, old, old Jerry Butler. Oh man, G Spot Butler. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> old geriatric Butler. 
No, I don't know. He is just a geriatric butler. He's <laughs> just a really old guy that yeah. you make do a bunch of shit for you. <laughs> He's just, he is too old to be doing it. Yeah. He's Alfred. Yeah. You know, where you're like, that guy needs to be relaxing. Alfred, I need you to move this, you know. <laughs> he just makes some his bitch. 150 pound bag of potatoes down the hall. <laughs> yeah, can you get that downstairs that for me? Frail old man. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Elevator's out. You're going to have to take the stairs. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, Master Wayne. <laughs> you know, he just. Thanks. Preach. So you're literally Batman. <laughs> Anyways, another aside. Um, yeah, so yeah, old Jerry Butler. He also does not look much like the character at all. I wonder if they're going to fat him up, you know, give him the big old beard or nah, you know, because there's a couple ways it could go. Do you go, we're going to make this look like the animated people, but, you know, alive mm-hmm. or really ground this thing and make it look like real people with dragons. You know what I mean? That would, now that. That seems interesting. That would yeah. be for. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sorry. That was just all I got. Uh, the old, uh, so the Emmys did a strange thing. They split up the Creative Arts Emmy Awards um, into two nights and put them like a week or two ahead of the main event Emmys. So uh, I was very confused because I saw like people winning Emmys and I was like, I thought the Emmys weren't until like middle of January. What is this? You know, I uh, know it's the Creative Art Emmys. So that's basically kind of like the people that we don't really want on the main show you know it's the people that scroll along the bottom while we get musical numbers on um so that people tune in get asses and seats you know so basically uh the last of us ran away with it a bit um bringing in a total of eight awards um including uh let's see here outstanding guest actress was for storm reed who played um totally lost her name riley mm-hmm. uh guest actor nick offerman he won. Yeah. Um, the best picture, sorry, picture editing, main title design, prosthetic makeup, sound editing, sound mixing, and visual effects. Um, it, like I said, kind of ran away with it there. Um, there was a three-way tie for, so yeah, here it is. The Bear, Wednesday, and White Lotus all secured a three-way tie for second place with four wins each. So there were quite a few. I mean, yeah, it's not news, but we're, we are still in the golden age of television yeah. where there's a lot of good TV to watch. Um I mean, for example, last night at the Golden Globes, um, there was quite a few awards given out, obviously. I think there was 27 categories, yeah. Um, so you had, you know, the nice thing about the Golden Globes is it goes between movies and television. Mm-hmm. So you kind of get to just celebrate visual media. Sure. But um, you had the bear running away with all of the uh, comedy categories for television, which rubbed some Barry fans the wrong way. Or like, oh, man. But I mean, I and I did see the discourse online. We're like, the Bear season two was leaps and bounds ahead of Barry season four. Barry season four was, it was more bad. of a drama. Well, sure, but also, I mean, I would say the same thing about the Bear. The Bear is not very funny. Yeah. Um, they both have the same aspect to them, where you're like, I don't really know where you fit. You're a drama that has comedy in it. Yeah. You know. Or are you a heavily dramatic comedy? I don't know. Right. But either way, I think Barry season four kind of had a weird, like, the middle really did make it a very hard pill to swallow, I think. Yeah. Um, with the time jump and things like that. Um, where it was pretty jarring and kind of broke up the flow a bit yeah. um, in, a, in a way that I wasn't sure how to feel about. Um, yeah, because everything was like, it just kept going. Yeah. And then, you know, just such a, like, a, it's like a hard left turn. Yeah. Um, and and I, again, I mean, I told you this, 
The Bear Season 2 has some of the best episodes of television I've watched in a long, long time. I gotta watch it. Um, I and, and I just... Yeah, and yeah, so I agree that both are are very good shows and deserving of awards. Yeah. But I do think if, if Barry's got to lose to something and it loses to the bear, that's not a, that's, like, not, a, that's not a snub. Right. That's a, yeah, the, you know, best, best man wins. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that in mind, Oppenheimer also, uh, ran away with quite a few awards. I'm still um, seeing memes where it's the Oppenheimer. He's thinking, he's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, me and my friend, yeah. Um, I still think about that fucking horrendous tweet. I showed you the, uh, Show to give me bomb head. Call that Toppenheimer, Toppenheimer. or Sloppenheimer. That's what it was, Sloppenheimer. Uh, it's, that's foul. Uh, no, so Oppenheimer won Best Motion Picture for a drama, Best Performance by a Male Actor in a Motion Picture for Killian uh, Murphy, Best Performance by a Male Actor in a Supporting Role for Robert Downey Jr., Best Director was Chris Nolan, and then the Best Original Score was Ludwig Göransson. Um and so I think it had the most out of the film awards. Um, yeah, exactly. No film or show took home more awards than Oppenheimer. So it it got the lead there. Succession had four wins. Um, there was a funny little moment between Kieran Culkin, um, who is in Succession. Mm-hmm. Um, and he won Best Performance by a Male Actor in a uh, Drama. And, you know, everybody's favorite was uh, Pedro Pascal. Mm-hmm. And again, it's another one of those cases where I haven't watched Succession, but everything I hear is like, that's a toss up. You yeah. know, that's either one's, you know, a it's fair pick. It's like The Last of Us didn't take home a shit ton of awards. Uh, so, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's got the Emmys coming up yeah. where we'll see, um, you know, it'll be again. Maybe, maybe this is an upset or maybe not. But Kieran Cullen in his acceptance speech said uh, something effective like, suck it, Pedro, and held up the <laughs> the award. And then said something, you know, joke, you know, I'm just kidding or whatever, yeah. you know. You know, and Pedro Pascal was in good spirits as always good, and kind good. of makes like the... Mopin face like oh how could you you know but yeah suck it Pedro this is mine you know (laughs) and uh, kind of playing up the idea that probably Kieran also was like "Ah, I'm probably gonna lose to Pedro yeah but um, yeah so I mean there's been a ton of uh, (laughs) flack being thrown at um, I completely lost his name which is kind of ironic here Joe Coy is that his name who was the host Uh, he apparently first of all a few things happened his jokes weren't very funny, and his delivery wasn't very good. And so it was like there was a lot of him telling jokes and then just like a dead room. And some of his jokes were borderline like, holy shit, dude. Like, first of all, is this 10 years ago? Second of all, fucking get out a thermometer and read the room, you know, where he's talking about Oppenheimer, like really praising it. And then being like, and Barbie was about a doll with big tits, you know. And you're like, did you watch the movie? Like, the whole movie was basically making fun of people like that, you. that sentiment, you know? Um, and so, like, there's a really good shot of him making, like, a, a jab at the Barbie movie. And then it pans, or, you know, the camera cuts over to Ryan Gosling, who is just blank, not even giving him a pity laugh, you know, just kind of like, mm, mm. Mm, 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 mm. And you're like, Pfft. and then he made a joke at, like, Taylor Swift's expense that was kind of like a low blow, you know, low blow of, like, you know, because there's the premise of the joke sucks where the premise of the joke was like, um, you know, we come on after football. And the only difference between or the difference between the NFL and the Golden Globes is the Golden Globes is going to have less shots of Taylor Swift, you know, because Taylor's been at a lot of her boyfriend, Travis Kelsey's games. And sure. the NFL's like, look, there's Taylor, you know, and it's like, yeah, you're going to get okay. <laughs> she's like the biggest star in the yeah. world right now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you've got people watching football just because she's there. We're going to put the camera on her, yeah. you know, and again. 
there's vastly more differences between the NFL and the Golden Globes than that. You know what I mean? So yeah. the premise of the joke is kind of flawed. And yeah, whether it's a funny joke or unfunny joke, it's a weird, you know. Hey, Brian going to be asking to host again. No. And I, yeah. Uh, and Come he was like, mic. he was kind of making comments during of like, oh, like, I didn't write the jokes. I just deliver them like shit like that. And you're like, then that's even worse. Yeah. Like, that's isn't going well, man. It's not going well. And so, yeah, everybody was kind of like, this is tough. This, this is rough. Get him off, off the stage. stage. But, uh, yeah, uh, all of that to say, that's all the news I got for you, bub. Yeah. You got anything else you want to talk about? Mm-hmm. You want to talk about the Iron Claw? Let's talk about Iron Claw. Iron Claw. Iron Claw. Sounds like a guy's name. Iron Claw. We're talking to Iron Claw here. Yeah. This just in. Give me a synopsis, baby. Yeah, let me go ahead and uh, let me just whip no, that no, no, out no, no, for no, us real don't, quick. Don't pull one up. Tell me what this... You watch the movie. Tell me what it's about. Without going, just here's the play-by-play. It's about these brothers. Uh-huh. What's the Eric name? Van Halen's. No. The Von Erics. Von Erics. The Eddie Van Halen's <laughs> Eddie family. Eddie Van Halen. No, the Von Erics. The Von Erics. Uh, and they're is this a true story? Based off a true story, it's essentially a true story. Yeah, uh, it's I think inspired. By yeah, a true yeah, story. they have to put that because there's some Hollywoodizing, but uh, but it's about these four brothers: mm-hmm. uh, Kevin, yep, Carrie, Carrie, David, David, and Michael. Michael. And they're upcoming to pro wrestling mm-hmm. in the early '80s. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's what starts off in '78. Yeah, maybe? very end of the '70s mm-hmm. into the into the early '80s, mm-hmm. and then beyond. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, and it's just about their uh, their journey together, their bond together, and and you know their journey through through professional life. professional wrestling and life. Um, <laughs> let's tough. talk some numbers first before yeah. we get into that. So um, this isn't the kind of movie that budget is a big. Like, box office isn't the main goal of this movie, I don't think. Obviously, movies want to make money. But this was definitely an artistic endeavor, I would say. But on a budget of $15.9 million, uh, domestically it's made $24.9 million. Nice. uh, And it hasn't released internationally at all yet. Wow. So, and I think it's been getting pretty good word of mouth. Um, The Rotten Tomatoes scores on this. Oh, man, for a second I was like, whoa. Rotten Tomatoes hadn't updated yet, and it was still showing me Rebel Moon. And I was like, what? No. Why did everybody hate the claw? The Iron Claw? <laughs> not the claw. Not the claw. No. So the critics gave it an 88%. It's rotten. Or not rotten. It's certified fresh. Mm-hmm. And the audience score is a 94%. Yeah. Um, so everybody's liking this movie, uh, which I think will help with the, you know, you might see, it's an A24 film. You might, I don't think you'll see the same type of uh, legs like you did with something like Everything Ever All at Once. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I think A24 might have another really good word of mouth. Let's go see this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and like I said, it hasn't released internationally yet. So it's still got quite a bit of opportunity to Really to grab grow. some people. Um, I mean, wrestling's real big out in Europe. Yeah. More so. I, well, no, Not no, more so, yeah. And I think there's that as well. And you'll also grab different demographics of people um, where you might have people who know the Von Erics uh, because they were they watched them in their, you know, in the 80s when sure. they were on sure. and are like, oh, shit, I got to go. And, you know, taking their kids with them and stuff like that. And then yeah. the kids watching like, oh, yo, yeah, this is yeah dads good. and sons going together, things like that. But um, so, yeah, I do think it's got the opportunity to do well. Also, with, like I said, good word of mouth, it's going to be you got to go see this movie. Yeah. Um, and then people will will show up and, and support it. And like I said, it's that high, you know high risk, high reward, or I guess low risk, high reward, where you're only fifteen million dollars in. I say only, but right movie you know, in movie numbers, that's not that much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think it was kind of a, a good catch to get um, 
you know, Zac Efron is a really known name. Mm-hmm. Um, and then same with Jeremy Allen White playing yes. uh, the brother Carrie. Mm-hmm. Uh, to have the two of them in it, they're both really hot right now, especially Jeremy Allen White uh, with the bear. Um, and so to get both of them under 15 million bucks and then go, hey, let's put some faces in a pretty low budget movie mm-hmm. that seems to have high quality uh, and we'll get a lot of butts and seats. So um, with that in mind, give me some uh, spoiler free plot thoughts, baby. This is an odd one to not spoil uh, because yeah. it is a true story. But I think we just approach it at first as it is just a movie. Yep. And then we can kind of look at the real world yeah. situation. Um, the plot's pretty steady. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. There's no like big jumps, anything like that, where it's like yeah. it, it throws you off. I feel like throughout the entire movie, you could. There's a certain energy it gives, yeah. and when that energy <clears throat> is changed, it feels proper with yeah, it. Yeah, right. You know, it's like okay, you know, like yes, awesome. This you know things are going their way and stuff like yeah. that, and you know it helps build up. And right. you know when the that when mood it all changes, comes crashing down. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah, you know, that, they do a real now type deal. Yeah, they do a real good job of like hooking you and then sinking it. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, what, what about you? Uh, so the the thing that I liked about it was this is a little bit um, not spoilery, but there we go. <laughs> already, no. Um, I think it does a very good job of being. Uh, it, you know, it sounds unfortunate because it is a true story, but it does a very good job of being a modern tragedy. Yeah, you know, where you're like, you know, if it can go wrong, it does in some fashion, and so there, it does a good job of like laying certain. Um, like story points out ahead of time to like, like they mentioned, you know, there's this ongoing gag about, or not a gag, but like an ongoing reference to a family curse, you know, the mm-hmm. Von Eric curse. Um, and then it kind of pays that off at times where you're like, man, are they cursed? Cause this is yeah, some this, bad luck, yeah. you know? And, and so I think that was an interesting thing to interject into a true story um, where you're like, you know what? <laughs> I know this is a true story. Which makes it all the more like, God damn, are they cursed? Yeah. You know? Is there some weird yeah. um, magic happening here? So, so I did like that. Again, it's a weird movie. to. We kind of compared it to like an All Quiet on the Western Front. Where like, it's a yeah. weird movie to like. It's good. Yeah. In the sense of like you know, the, the it's beauty a, in the film. Yeah, so it is a good acting. movie, but it's hard to say you enjoy it. You know, yeah. you don't leave it feeling better than you went in. I'm not. Yeah, we talked. We're not, you know, Saturday night. Oh, you know we should watch? The Iron Claw. Yeah. yeah. You know what we should watch? Put on Girl All Quiet on the Western Front. Yeah. Get that on there. You know, like, it's a tough one. It's one of those where it's like, yeah, this is an important film, but I don't know that it's a, uh, you know, a multi-watcher. Yeah. Yeah, you also compared to like a Saving Private Ryan, where it's another one that yeah, it's, you it's know, a beautiful film. Yeah, great it's categorically film. a great movie, mm-hmm. but it's not one that you go, let's put that on. Yeah, it's a you know, watch it every time it's on. You know, you gotta yeah. be in a certain a certain mood for it. Yeah. Um, what about some characters and chemistry? The brothers, all the Van Eriks. Yeah, Von Eriks. Von Eriks. Van. Van. Van Eriks. Now all the Von Eriks um, relationships with the, or the brothers at least is just like. So touching. Yeah. And like seeing, especially like Kevin and David. Yeah. For being there for Michael. Yeah. Because, you know, the. uh, Kevin's what? How old is he when he. I'm not sure how old he is. 19. But he's the eldest. Yeah. Um, Well, so. Not the eldest. He's the second eldest. The second eldest. He's the eldest of the living brothers. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Because I feel like that's not a. And so now he's got to be older than 18 or 19. He's got to be you in think? his early twenties, yeah, because the because Carrie is the third youngest, 
and he's at college to go to the Olympics. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So Kevin's in his mid-20s. Mid-20s. And, and he's, David's, David's right behind him, and then Carrie, and then Michael. Mm-hmm. And Michael's the one who maybe is just out of high school. Yeah. You know, he's maybe 18. I think fresh out of high school. Yeah. As a matter of fact, he is, because they ask him, what do you want to do for college, college in the beginning when they're all at breakfast? Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, but you know, he but Michael really likes music. He's not too crazy in the About wrestling. Sports in general. Or, yeah. And yeah, he's more creative. Parents really you know, yeah, not sure on that. About yeah. it. But his brothers go to pick him up from his buddy's house and they're all yeah. jamming in the garage and they're yeah. cheering him cheering on him and on. stuff yeah. like that. Really supportive of him. Yeah. And it's just it is like that brotherly love where yeah. it's like, you know, I think all of the actors did a really good job of selling that chemistry. Yeah. Of like, yeah, they feel like like brothers, mm-hmm. you know. Um and then especially when, like, hardship does fall on the family, it's like, you know, at least they've got each other kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and that comes through really, really believably. I think Zac Efron does a very, very he good job in this movie. It. He and I mean, Jeremy Allen White as well. Mm-hmm. But I think Zac Efron as the the lead, because the story is told from his primarily perspective. his perspective. It's his experience in the Von Erich family. Well, um, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, he, he does a very good job. Um, especially as like the emotional stakes kind of get higher throughout the film. Mm-hmm. He does a good job of kind of like meeting those stakes. Um, Cause it'd be easy for it to feel not silly, but like, you know, the amount of, of um, maybe sorrow or pain or, you know, uh, giving up kind of feeling of like, right. this isn't worth it or whatever uh, could be easy to be, to come off as like over the top. Uh, you know what I mean? Where somebody might go for it too much or things like right. that. But I think he's really believable in the emotions he's supposed to be portraying. I, there is a, a specific scene I'm thinking of that yeah. I want to talk about yeah. once we dip into spoilers and stuff like yeah. that. Um, yeah, I mean, I I'm, I'm, think I'm ready to rate it. Uh, do you have any more like non-spoilers that you wanted to, to talk about before we get into uh, with it? With characters and chemistry with yeah. the dad. Uh, what's his name? Uh, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't remember dad's name. Hold on, let me um, pull him up. Pete. Is it? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> you said it with confidence, and I'm like, could have been. I just, I just knew. What if it dad. is? <laughs> right? Yeah. <gasps> My God, you had that stored away somewhere. Let's see here. The Iron Claw. The Iron Claw. Yeah, and that's the other thing. His dad is a professional wrestler. Fritz is his name. Close. Yeah, basically <laughs> the same name. No, but so Fritz obviously is like super hard on his kids and you see yeah. it in the trailer when they're all at the kitchen table and he's yeah. like, you know, obviously it goes, obviously uh, Carrie's my favorite, then Kevin, then, then David, then, then Michael. Michael, but the but rankings can always, always change. Always change. And like the way it's played in the trailer, you're like, I don't, is that a joke or is that, you know, is that meant to be funny or shocking or what? No, no it's it is, dead it is, serious. He means it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of really is the perfect introduction to that dynamic. Cause that's the first scene you see of the family together at together. the table. And uh, it's just like that, that's how, That's it, how is. it is the entirety of like yeah. his his existence with his kids yeah. Yeah, is basically you guys have rankings and are competing amongst yourselves for my graces mm-hmm. um, is kind of the the mood that he sets because the, there's this dynamic of dad never really made it as a wrestler. You know, he almost did. Yeah, exactly. But it's he blames that. it that they fucked him over and stuff yeah. like that. They, you know, they always pull the rug out from you at the last minute. Pointing you know? the finger. Yeah. Wagging that thing. Yeah. And, and so now it's like this weird, 
I didn't make it, but you boys can. Mm-hmm. But the implication was like, you guys have to, yeah. basically. Yeah. If you don't, then what are you doing? Not, yeah. You're not a Von Eric. Yeah. Um, and, and so I did, uh, I did appreciate before we get into just, well, I'll, I'll, I'll save it for spoilers. Uh, are you ready to rate it? Let's rate this thing. All right. How do we rate shit around here? Well, you can always be overwhelmed, which mm-hmm. means you thoroughly enjoy the film and it surpassed your expectations. You can yeah. be underwhelmed, which means it didn't meet your expectations. Yeah. You thought it was a, not a great movie, a, yeah. uh, a flop, as the yeah. kids say. A or stanker. A stank. Or you can always be right in the middle and be simply whelmed. Want one, two, three? It? Yeah. All right. You want one, one two, two, three. three. Overwhelmed. overwhelmed. I mean, yeah. yeah. Um, Especially because yeah, I, I was mean, like, I didn't really want to see the movie. Yeah. I was like, this doesn't look that good. I, I knew it. I knew it looked good, but I was prepared for it to be like pretty good. You yeah, know, it's no good. I thought this was great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. relatively brisk. It's only two hours, which I say only, mm-hmm. but you know, we're kind of in the age of a two-hour and forty-five-minute movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for it to come in at two hours and still feel like it captured a it lot of things. Um, so you know. Again, like it's a weird movie to spoil because it is a true story. So if you right. know the true story, it's not a spoiler. But for a lot of people, it's their first time with this story. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's sad. Kevin, so. It's very sad. Kevin, who is played by um, Zach Efron, is the only brother alive today. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I think today dad and mama both passed. and yeah. um, So it is just Kevin and his kids. Um, in fact, one of the things that you and I talked about uh, before going into the movie was there's another brother, Chris. Yeah. That isn't in the movie, isn't included in the movie. Oh, really? Yeah, because uh, from what I was reading, basically it was like unrealistically tragic was how it was kind of like to add another um, death, basically. was wow. like from a, a movie telling, you know, storytelling standpoint. <laughs> it was kind of like, ah. Right. And I think that's how tragic is that? That like your story is so tragic that people won't buy it on film. Think, yeah, know? it's fake. Um and it does make you feel bad, like, to be the excluded brother. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I do think maybe that was the wrong call. Make a director's cut. Right. <laughs> Where you just add in a Snyder hole. way. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no. So all of the brothers die uh, either by their own hand or by a freak tragedy. Um, freak accident. What was the fifth brother's death? Uh, suicide. Yep. Yeah. So Was he in by, wrestling, too? I don't believe so from what I was reading. Um, could have been. Let me double check. And I don't want to speak out of turn here. Let's see. But kind of talk about some of your spoilers. Yeah. So um, going into, I guess, like from. Yeah. The, from Chris Von Eric was a professional wrestler. Damn. And he died at 21 years old by suicide. Jesus. God. Um. But yeah, so super early on, we see... Mike was 23. Sorry, I'm just going to... No, yeah, list them off. Carrie passes at 33. Uh, David Von Erich passed away at 25. How old so, is uh, Kevin? Kevin? Let's see. Well, he's probably 60. Probably. Mid-60s. Yeah, he's 66. Yeah. But, uh, oh, that was something that I wanted to mention before I forget about it. He got to come and see the movie at the premiere, which I can you imagine the pressure of being anybody involved in the movie? Um, And apparently he loved it. Um, And I think one of his I I read a quote from 
um, somebody involved in the movie, one of the writers or director, um, could have even been, you know, Zach, Zach Efron, but his one like real stipulation, he said, if you're going to make this movie about us, you've got to show how much I love my brothers. Like that's what he wanted to be the, you know, the focus, not just right. look how sad it is, but like there was so much love, you know, between the brothers. And I think that like we talked about that for sure comes through. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and does add to the, the tragedy. The sorrow of it. inherently. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. Where, yeah, I mean, he loves his brothers, so then when they pass... You you feel. Yeah. Um, especially because he kind of has, like, the... From a writing standpoint, it is interesting to take somebody's true experience and go, here's natural... Here is a true, like, story yeah. in this person's life. And it does have beats, you know. Um, where, like, he's having his first date with his soon-to-, you know, eventual wife. And she asks him, like, what does he want? out of life you know basically what do you want and he's like i want to be the world heavyweight champion of the world and i want to be with my brothers you know and you're like did i say world heavyweight champion of the world <laughs> yeah the heavyweight champion of the world mm-hmm. in wrestling and i want to be with my brothers you know and that was it that's yeah. his if he can have that he's he's good yeah um and he doesn't get either in the end and so it's like there is this natural tragic trajectory of his life where the things he thought he wanted at that age he just doesn't mm. doesn't get but then also there's like a, 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 the triumph of life, I guess, where he persevered through it, you know, because right. it would have been very easy for him to give up you know, and reach a point yeah. where he just joins them. Because what is the point of continuing right, like, yeah. like this? Um, but so then to see him at the end and find things that maybe he didn't know he wanted out of life, yeah. like his ranch with his kids and his mm-hmm. wife and all that, you know, but from a. Just a, a play-by-play. I mean, sorry, I cut you off to, to mention Kevin's reaction yeah. to the, and well, to the story. Yeah, we're just spitting. Yeah, but you, you had started to talk about some of your spoilers, and I wanted to hear what you thought. Yeah, so super early on, you know, it started to talk about, like, behind the scenes on wrestling, which I thought was cool. And, like, from someone like me, like, I'm not that crazy sure. about wrestling. Yeah. Still had me pretty hooked. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's what I, like, when I have talked about it, I'm like... I'm not into wrestling, but yeah. like that got me hooked on to it of like the concept of everything, yeah. you know, to enjoy the film. Yeah. Cause there is a bit of like inside baseball, like behind the scenes yeah. of wrestling. And I thought that was super cool. Um, but then like when, so Kevin throughout it is he's to be expected to be the world heavyweight champion. Yeah, it's kind of like a, almost like a royalty thing of like, he's the eldest. And he you makes know. it, he gets on like live TV and he gets a shot at, uh, yeah. So he gets, I can't think of the, the wrestler's name. Um, not Ric Flair. I mean, he does no. eventually yeah. fight Ric Flair, but initially it's whoever the world heavyweight champion yeah, at the is. Time is. And he, he, but it wasn't for the title. They're just fighting no, him. Yeah, it was know, basically like, get the hype up. Yeah. Like, oh, he's got a shot at it, you know? And he did win. He beat his ass. But when he came on to speak, he kind of froze and his brother yeah. David came up there. Yeah. And was just like laying it on the mic and getting the crowd going. Yeah. And that's where it was. Yeah. And so his dad comes David in. David had the presence. And his dad comes in and goes, killer on the mic, you know? Yeah. And, oh, but the, the heavyweight champion at the time picked up Kevin and, and slammed, slammed him, him on the back. First of all, threw him outside of the ring, which, yeah, which wasn't, wasn't planned. Yeah, it wasn't planned. Because the thing you and I talked about was that, you know, it's kind of interesting to see, obviously wrestling is scripted. There's a, here's what's going to happen. Here's the blow by blow. What we're supposed to do. Yeah. yeah. Here's what we're going to do. Um, you know, and they've got, it's a dance essentially. It's mm-hmm. a choreographed fight where how can I almost hurt you? Right. Without hurting you, but making them think I'm hurting you. Mm-hmm. Right. 
And so you give each other a, here's what's going to happen. Then you'll do this. Then we'll do that. Um, and you know, there's obviously room for improv if you're both really good at it. Of yeah. like, oh yeah, going for that. that. That's what I really liked is because for me, I thought the entire thing is script. Script. Right. And it was like, none of it's real. But like yeah. seeing that, like, here's the base outline. Yeah. Have fun with it. You right. know, if yeah. you see an opportunity for something yeah. else. Take yeah, it, and, you know. and here's the plot of the fight. By right. the end, it's going to end in him being disqualified. So there is no real winner of the fight. I demand my rematch. I deserve my rematch. Right? Mm-hmm. That's the where this fight's going to end. But in the middle of the fight. But yeah, in the middle of the fight, he picks him up and slams him on his back right on the concrete. Yeah, yeah outside like, the ring where he was supposed second, to be. I thought he got paralyzed. Yeah, like, he probably his, did too. Yeah, because his hands like jolted up as if you you <laughs> did. Yeah. yeah, and like he just was shaking and couldn't move and. <clears throat> Because he knocked the wind out of him, probably mm-hmm. really hurt his back, just being pain wise. Right. Maybe then, even cracked ribs. And then, uh, you know, after the whole fight and everything, yeah. the thing his dad says is, You were slow getting up. Yeah, that's what is, yeah. Yeah, you were real slow getting Not, up. Are you good? Yeah. You know, you're kind of slow getting up. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's like, like I, yeah, he's I physically couldn't get up. I wasn't expecting it. Yeah. You know? he's, and that's what he said, too. He was like, It's not a matter of like, I was slow. He's like, I just, I, I could couldn't. not move. I yeah. couldn't move. There's nothing I, I had could to do. get my bearings. And he's like, David, you were a killer on the mic, yeah, my man. Thinking, yeah, what was that about, my man? Yeah. And then David's, you know, like, oh, thank you, sir. And then after yeah. he leaves, he looks at Kevin. Kevin goes, kind of like, uh, I'm I, sure, you know. Yeah, you just, you know. And Kevin yeah, was like, right, nah. Like, Kevin was like. I like how they they don't take it personal with one another. No, they kind of know that it's dad. Yeah, that's just how he is. Yeah. And that even though dad seemed to try and sow some competition between the brothers. It doesn't. The brothers never really stoop to it. Mm-mm. Um, they're always, I mean, you, they do kind of show some hurt feelings at times, yeah. but again, it's hurt by dad, not each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, yeah, after that, what, who is it? Um, David goes to, David ends up taking the spot. Yeah. Spotlight. He ends up yeah, getting, getting, it, getting popular and he ends up going to Japan. Yeah. Cause you know, you got to basically do like almost a world tour for it to be a world heavyweight. And why didn't Kevin do it? Uh, because... Dad, basically, they liked Dev, David more. That's right. Yeah, because basically, Kevin missed his shot. Yep. Essentially, you know, he he had his opportunity, flopped it, <clears throat> um, and so yeah, we're gonna send David over to Japan so we can fight in Japan because apparently at the time Japan had a pretty good wrestling scene, mm-hmm. and to be the world champion, you got to win overseas. You yep. know, and uh, while he's in Japan, he has a freak accident. And yeah, well, uh, I mean, because he ends up getting married, Kevin ends up getting married. Yep, his brother David comes back for that. And he's like, pu- you know, puking up blood in the puking bathroom. Up blood in the bathroom. And Kevin's like, you know, what are you doing? He's yeah, like, yeah. Ch- think- it sounds like they're chalking up to stress. Basically, he's getting run down. Yeah, he's like, yeah, just doing it nonstop. I'm getting tired, man. Yeah. You know, people are throwing me around. And yeah, goes, and Kevin's know. kind of like, why don't you fucking relax? Like, yeah. slow down, yeah. man. Don't go back to Japan. And he's like, and they both kind of laugh because yeah. they know like that's not that, an option. Can't, yeah. And uh, he's like, all right, you all right? And he's like, yeah, yeah I'm fine. Yeah, and so they get go out and, and go. dance some more. And then. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, some some amount of time later, when he's in Japan, he dies, he dies in his hotel room from a ruptured bowel. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I would like to read some more. There apparently is a few like, you know, documentaries essentially about sure. the Von Erich family, mm-hmm. and I'd like to watch it now, having seen like the the, the, drama, the dramatized version of it, you know, right? Um, and just kind of get the base facts. Here's everything that happened in the more more detailed timeline, where you're not focused as much on the interpersonal part, but just here's what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, he passes away without getting his shot at the title. Um, we didn't even talk about Carrie. There's his ongoing theme in the family of like almost achieving greatness. Yeah. You know, Carrie's at an college. Olympian. He's going to be in the, the 76 Olympics or the 78. I think it's 78. 
Uh, it could be the 1980 Olympics. Let me look. Because oh yeah, because they cut it early because uh, it was being hosted in Moscow. Yeah, and they don't want to do it with the Soviet Union. The Red Scare. Let's see. Yeah, it was the 1980 Olympics. So yeah, we boycotted the 1980 Olympics because it was being hosted in Moscow. And Kerry was set to be in the Olympics for track and field, but it looked like he was discus. Yeah. Uh, or, or maybe shot put, but I think discus. it was discus. It was discus. Um, and, and you, you know, the impression was that he was. Obviously, he was good. I mean, he was set to be an Olympian. Olympian. Um, you know, he, that's my thing. Is like, even if you don't medal, you're an Olympian. Yeah. You know, you were among the best of the best. Um, and then, you know, gets boycotted. And so he has to come home. And it's like this weird thing of like, for him, that was his. That was his shot. That was his shot. And he missed it. You know, he got, it was taken from him. And again, it's that. Are they cursed? Is that bad luck? You know, and it starts small like that where you're like. That's just that some bad sucks. run of bad yeah. luck. That's and the, but then it does eventually go. My God, it just doesn't stop. <clears throat> so he's supposed to be an Olympian. Comes home, and after uh, David is it after David passes? No, because they wrestle together. The three of them. Yeah. So yeah, backtracking a little bit. Um, the three of them, David, uh, Kevin, and Carrie, are like a really good trio. And mm-hmm. you get like it, it was a really like cool upbeat right um montage of them like wrestling as a trio of brothers and just fucking it up too like you know getting the crowd crazy yeah, and stuff like that and every, you know they're winning yeah and so it's that thing of like you know as long as they're together they've got you know that's their their joy you know yeah, they're with their brothers and then you know david passes away while he's in japan and it's like, all right well uh and like at the brother's wake yeah, their uh, dad basically Fritz is like, was like, "You're not gonna cry." Yeah, yeah. First of all, yeah, their their whole family's dynamic is fucked yeah. up. Yeah, where like, mom, you can see her like she's trying to wipe her tears away and like not visibly be upset that her fucking son died at yeah. 25 mm-hmm. from a freak accident, mm-hmm. you know, <clears throat> or you know, a, a, at least a freak, tr- you know, medical emergency. Um, where it's very sudden and, and you don't know about it and he's overseas. So it's another, you know, extra weird thing, but either way, it'd be super understandable for her to be just inconsolable. And she's over here like drying her eyes real quick. So Fritz doesn't see her crying over the loss of her son. Yeah. Um, and then they're sitting outside Mike, um, you know, Mike, Kevin and mm-hmm. Carrie, you know, having beers and talking and dad comes out and basically is like, all right, well, one of you boys is going to have to do this heavyweight, champion fight and you know on his behalf and we're gonna get that that belt in this house you know and, and they all kind of have that that moment of, of like, like first of all yeah they have this, holy like, shit are dude, you serious like, right now and then kevin's basically like i'll do it you know and then carrie steps up and is like no no i'll do it no, i'll do it and and that was where it was a bit of competition a bit and i think a part of that could be from again needing dad's approval <clears throat> but second of all like Carrie almost was an Olympian. Yeah. So he, all, he yeah, like, wants something. Yeah. His you know? reasoning for it is understanding. Yeah. Of like, I, this has to be my redemption because, yeah. you know, I was almost an Olympian. I can't do that anymore. So, yeah. Um, Cause that's the other, that's the tragic part about Olympics in general is a lot of times you have that as your shot. Yeah. You know, if you don't go in the 80, you're not going in 84. Um, Cause you'll be out of your prime. And it'll be somebody else, you know, somebody younger and stronger. Um, but all of that to say, Dad basically goes, all right, well, the only way to keep it fair is to flip a coin, you know, because Carrie, basically he's like, Carrie, you're really good out there. The people like you. Kevin, you're the oldest. And, like, that's all Kevin's 
qualified for is because he's the oldest. So there's almost like a right by by passage, you know, or by age. Yeah. But then kind of implying that but Carrie's better than you. Yeah. So let's flip this coin and see who gets to go. And it ends up being Carrie. Mm-hmm. So Carrie goes and he beats Ric Flair in uh yeah, at in Texas, I think at yeah, the the Houston. The uh yeah, the bull. Um and uh, he, br- he brings it he home. He brings home the belt. Mm-hmm. And yeah, everybody's kind of celebrating. And it's like this weird, it's bittersweet tense. thing for Kevin. Yeah. Of like, you know, yeah, the belt's home, but I, I wanted to be, that was supposed it to be mine. I mean, you figure the, should have been me, the not two, him, the two me. things he wanted was to be the world heavyweight champion and to be with his brothers. And a brother just died, and I didn't get to be the world heavyweight champion. So not feeling hot right now. Right. And Carrie's uh, getting fucked up at home, you know, drinking a celebratory beer. He's like, I, I'm just so wired right now. I got to. Yeah, I just, I, I'm having I gotta trouble go. coming down from this. Yeah. And I got to go take a ride, you know, and he's got his motorcycle and. Kevin's like, all right, well, be careful, bud, you know, mm-hmm. and he goes out, and the way they played it, I was like, he's going to die in a fucking biking accident, yep. um, and he doesn't, uh, but he does. He loses uh, his foot. He loses his, yeah, Which his they did a really leg. good job, because I thought, I was like, oh, oh he, he hurt himself. broke his leg, Yeah, right, because the there's a section and... where, like, he puts his crutches down, and you still see him walking, mm-hmm. but, like, he's, he hops, but I don't know, it was the way that yeah. it looked, and yeah. I was like, okay, so he has both of his legs, yeah. and then, like, he just walks he out, turns, and you can see that he's missing his left foot. Yeah, from like mid shin down, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, and so you're like fuck, and yeah, and so he's he was on top of it all, and now he you know he's done, he's done, right, yeah. and uh, and it's just like another back to back loss kind of thing. But he continues to wrestle eventually. Yeah, yeah, um, and Dad starts pushing on Mike to to wrestle, and Mike wants nothing, nothing to do to with do wrestling, with and the others really don't want Mike to be involved because mm-hmm. it's not for him. Oh, backtracking <clears throat> a little bit, yeah. To, like, the beginning of the movie? Yeah, Fritz being so hard on Mike, and Zach Efron, Kevin went over to his mom and was like, I gotta talk to you about something. And she goes, that's what your brothers are for. That's what you got brothers for, yeah. And no, you can't have my ear. You've got brothers. Yeah, and he's like, no, like, yeah, I want to talk. Be and she's you, like, yeah. all right, what, I'm, I'm doing something. Yeah, like, I don't want to be late. And he's like, you gotta say something to dad. He's being too hard on Mike. And she's like, they'll work it out. Yeah. And he's just like, and that's basically it. Yeah, you gotta say something. And then he leaves. Yeah, and she doesn't. No. Mm-mm. And so, and so, dad bullies him into being a wrestler. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Kevin's doing his best to like, and he's getting his shit pushed in. Yeah, I, he was doing good. He was for, doing he, fine. He's, you know. Yeah, he's not like awful. No, but you know, he's not. It's not him. Yeah, you know, first of all, his heart's not in it. Yeah. Um, he wants to be a musician, uh, and he ends up taking a bad spill mm-hmm. um, and hurting his shoulder and you know, probably tearing his rotator cuff or something. And so he goes to the hospital and they do shoulder surgery to repair it and all that. And he has a really weird reaction in surgery um, and goes into um, toxic shock syndrome and his fever spikes like almost 108. It was like 107.9 or something like that. Yeah. And he um, slipped into and a coma. Yeah. Couldn't get his fever to come down. And he went into a coma. Um, cause you figure anything over what 104.5, they tell you to go to the hospital. Yeah. Cause that's, cause it starts to, you can damage. do brain damage. Yeah. Brain damage. If it stays there for too long. So it's like, you've got to be fucking kidding me, dude. Yeah. Um, you know, and so he's in the hospital for a while and like Kevin at this point is like in an apartment with his wife. They've got kid, yeah. a, a kid at this point and a dog and a dog. And he is really struggling. Cause again, it's like, this is all happening in a relatively short time frame. Mm hmm. And he's he's really starting to buy into this curse thing. Yeah, um, and he won't come home. Yeah, uh, that's not yet. Are you sure? Because even that. at that's, with that's Carrie, well, that's when he's laying in bed, and his wife's like, "You got to take the baby so I can go to work." Oh, and he's yeah. like, I, "I can't." And she's like, e- "Dude!" And like ends up smacking his leg or something. You know, yeah. and he's like, "Sorry," you know, and kind of snaps out of it. But he's like, 
I'm really prepared to just not partake in life right now. Backtracking again for another really good part that we missed uh, down. Um, when David does die, mm-hmm. we see Kevin laying in David's bed. Yeah. And just like, he's not crying. No, but it's just, just that like deep. He is. He's not there right now. Mm-hmm. And um, his wife comes in. And he's what like, is her name? She's like, you know, are you okay? And he's just like. And she's like, you can talk to me if you want to, you know. And, and he says, no, I'm fine. Like, I'm good. And she's like, all right, you know, and kind of holds him. And like, yeah, you can tell he is <clears throat> he's not, not fine. fine. Pam. That's right. Pam. Yeah. Played by Lily James. Um, but yeah, back yeah. to. So Mike does end up coming out of the coma, mm-hmm. um, but very obviously did have some brain damage from, from the, the fever and the coma. Um, and. Like you and I were talking about how awful it is. They have like a press conference at the hospital. Yeah. Um, and he still got his nightgown on and they just threw yeah, something over it. Yeah. And he's, you know, in a sling cause where he had the surgery on his arm and you know, I mean, he's like kind of drooling on himself and he's, his face, you can tell he's, he's just droopy. not present right now. Yeah. And Kevin's doing the talk and then dad's off on the wing, you know, kind of w- watching. watching. And like you and I said, he almost looks disappointed looking at Michael. Yeah. And one of the questions, you know, Kevin's talking on behalf of Michael. Yeah, and he asked him, like, you know, how, how you doing? He goes, great, thank you guys yeah, all for coming I'm, out I'm here, checking good, on you know, me. And, you know, thanks for all the flowers. Yeah. And then the question was, like, so when do you think you're going to return back to the ring? Yeah, when do you think you'll be back in the ring? And he's kind of like, uh, soon, you know. But it was just silent for a yeah. second. And, like, the kid, like. Does Kevin kind of speak up? Yeah, Kevin speaks up because he doesn't say anything. Mm-hmm. And, like, but that camera shot it was one of those still photos where it's yeah. just, like. He's just, right like. Now? He's not well. It's, like. It, I got the same feeling there when Fritz came up to him and said, "All right, who's gonna go? Yeah, be heavyweight champion since, yeah, since they your can't brother be just died. Yeah, and it's just like that. Are you are fucking, you fucking serious kidding right now? me? And uh, yeah, and so Kevin kind of steps in. And is like, oh, he's, he's he's real strong. We're gonna get him better. He'll be back in the ring. You know, but soon. Kevin was trying to get him out of the ring. Yeah, and um, so I know that was a real bullet to bite. Yeah, to save face, mm-hmm. you know, and be like, well, I can't say. He's not going to go back. Because right, yeah. that dad just won't allow that. Right. And so Carrie and everybody are back home having kind of a really tough time with, because it just feels like, again, your life's kicking you while you're down already. Mm-hmm. Um, and Michael. Mike's really kind of struggling. I did like that he and mom kind of share a little bit of a moment where I think she sees her son as like really not well. Yeah. You know, and she kind of sits down next to him while he's eating his dinner and it's oh, just yeah, him out he, there. He's looking at a he's painting. looking at a painting on the wall and she goes, you know, I painted that and that's the house I grew up in. And he's like, oh, you know, I never knew that. Why yeah. didn't you tell anybody that? You know, and she's like, I had a reason, but I, I don't remember what it was, you know. Yeah. And uh, and it's kind of like this nice thing of like, that's something I didn't know about my mom. And she shared that with me. And it's a, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a moment just between the two of yeah. them. Um, But he and I do think that was maybe her way of saying like, you know. I mean, I, you know, I'm artistic too. And like yeah. dad was a singer. Wasn't that it? Or no, he played an instrument in like band. Was that what it was? Yeah. Um, and so it's like that, that was there, yeah. you know? And, and so he goes to his room and he tries to play his guitar and he can't, and it's just not good. You know, yeah. he, he just, he doesn't have yeah. the, the hand eye coordination anymore. Um, and well, you know, he can't the, like open the fine his hand all the way. Control, yeah. yeah. And he basically goes in the bathroom and takes a bunch of his probably pain meds, I think. Um, and wanders off into the, the you know, because they own a ranch and do mm-hmm. farming and stuff, wanders off into the farm with a sleeping bag and presumably lays down and goes to sleep and doesn't wake up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, next morning they're looking for him. There's a note saying, I'm sorry if I hurt anyone, I'm going to a better place. Yeah. And, you know, he was gone. And so then it's like, 
Ah, damn it. That's just one more, you yeah, know, just picking them off. And and then you just see just a, you know, a montage of Kevin uh, wrestling basically by himself or with people that aren't his brother, like doing right, tag yeah. team matches and things like that. And it's just all the joy's gone. You mm-hmm. know, and it's like he didn't enjoy wrestling. Mm-mm. He enjoyed being with his brothers, yeah. you know, which he stated. Um, and dad, you know, is still like, you know, pushing all kinds of things on him. And um, Carrie ends up going, you know, way down the line, ends up going to the WWF. Yeah. Um, with They're a, juicing with a, at this point. What's that? They're juicing. Yeah, I mean, they'd been... Yeah, they'd been juicing. <laughs> Fuck you saying, man. We're trying to talk about a family tragedy, and you're like, they juiced. <laughs> they were. They like, it's, a, it's an important part of the thing. Not really. They're they didn't really the play that much into it. Um, Zach Efron had a roided gut. Yeah. He was looking um, big. Allegedly. <laughs> like so, Liver King. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, he really did. Yeah, primals! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but all of this to say, yeah, he he's not having a good time. Uh, Carrie goes to the WWF. Um, and is doing really well uh, there, it seems. Uh, comes back home to see... And like at this point, Zach Efron's kind of playing a, a passive role. He's not really in the yeah. ring too much. He's kind of running the business while Dad is at home. Yeah. Um, but like this is where you're talking about. He's not going home anymore. He's sleeping at the office. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and they come to find out, it's because he's really afraid of the he's, curse. Yeah, he's, he almost sees it like a disease, and he doesn't want to give it to them. He's like, I don't want to spread it to you yeah, guys. I don't want to be around you guys, because I'm going to get you guys killed basically mm-hmm. and um <clears throat> which what an awful place to be at emotionally where you feel like you it's, genuinely it's me. feel that way yeah, yeah like I, I yeah this is happening because of who either who i am or who my my name is or whatever either way i can't be with my family they changed the baby's name yeah. so it wasn't a von eric yeah yeah he put his son's name as Isn't like his mean? birth name because von eric's not their real right, name yeah. that's their stage name essentially um yeah and so legally his son's name is his birth name not the Von Eric name uh, intentionally so that he wasn't a Von Eric. Mm-hmm. But, um, uh, Carrie comes home, um, from, you know, being out on the road and mm-hmm. being in the WWF and all that. And he's just not well, he seems really kind of jittery, jittery and like jacked up, up. And could be, um, or he could just be manic. Um, you know, like a bipolar manic episode, mm-hmm. but he's got, it's, he's home for Christmas. He and his girlfriend are going to go to, Mexico for for Christmas because they got a because they got a good price on a plane ticket or whatever, so uh, we're home for like Christmas Eve or the week before, yeah. and yeah. I got you something, Dad, and it's a a rare pistol, it's a Smith and Wesson. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know he's got it in the box. He's like, well, you got to shoot it, Dad. He's yeah, like, you got to pop I, off I around. He's like, I don't want to shoot. It. He's like, well, you're supposed to shoot a gun when you get yeah. it. You know, it's like bad luck or whatever. He's like, I, I don't want to shoot it right now. And he like blows up bad yeah. and is like yelling and cussing. Yeah, at like, dad. What the fuck? And everybody's like, dude, fucking relax. You know, and he kind of gets himself settled down because Kevin kind of steps in. Gets a hold of him and goes in, grabs a couple beers, and I was like, "All right, you know." Let's like, get back out. He's, like, he's like, "He's like, you good, my man?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good." You know, and uh, that's kind of how that ended. Ended, you know. And then you know, next shot is him, Kevin being at home and Sleeping. in bed. You know, it's like you get the vibe. It's it's like that early morning gray, maybe four in the morning, five mm-hmm. in the morning. And his phone rings and he picks it up and it's uh, Carrie. And Carrie's basically like in a motel somewhere there in Texas, and he's like, "I am not. I'm not okay. I'm not good. Yeah. Like I don't. He's I don't alone. Wanna, yeah. And he's like, I don't want to do this anymore. And uh, Kevin's like, "Well, you know, where you at, man? Let me come get you. You know, you got. We got to get you some help. Let me come get you." And he's basically like, he kind of panics and hangs up on him. Yeah. Um. And so then Kevin's in this weird spot of like, my brother just called me to tell me like he doesn't want to be here anymore, and I don't know where he is to help right. him. Yeah. So he calls dad. 
you know, and it's like, dad, we've got, I'm coming over. Uh, we got to figure out like Harry needs our help. We got to figure out how to help him. And he's okay. like, you boys work it out. And he's like, I bet. And he's like, I'll, I'm coming over. Be like, stay up, be like, look out for him. You yeah. know, keep an eye out for him. Um, and when Kevin pulls up to the house, Carrie's car is there with the door wide open, you know, the driver door wide open. So he runs up to the car and nobody's there. Looks up at the house and the front door is just wide open. Goes stepping up into the front door. And as soon as he crosses the threshold, you hear a gunshot outside. And he turns and the tree in the front yard, Carrie had propped himself up sitting against the tree. And, Smith and Wesson. Yep. Shot, shot himself in the chest. And yeah, Carrie goes over or Kevin goes over and has like a really Again, Zach Efron does a really good job of, like I said, he it wasn't over the top. It was like, yes, this is true, mm-hmm. like horrified, like sick to the gut grief, you know. Yeah. And then Dad comes running up out of the field. Yep. Like, oh, what happened, you know? And and he Kevin, wa- yeah, just Kevin loses, loses it because, like, like he said, I told you to fucking look yeah. out for him, and that's what he said. Like, I think for Bane, he's like, I yeah. told you to fucking look out for him. And he comes up, he starts choking him. Yeah, he gra- well, he grabs him by the the collar first, you know, kind of grabs him up by yeah. the scruff, and uh, he says, you know, I told you to look out for him. Pushes him down to the ground, I think, at that point, and says, you never looked out for any of us. And uh, he's like, you're his brother. You know, he called you and you couldn't fucking save him or something to that effect. And that's, and that's when Kevin just starts. First of all, I think he punches his dad a couple times mm-hmm. and then just puts his you know, hands around him and starts choking him. Yeah. Almost kills he him. Almost, I thought he was going to. Yeah. I mean, it's that kind of thing where he sees dad starting to like black out and kind yeah. of realizes like, oh, shit, I'm I am killing this yeah. man. Um, you know, and gets off him and just goes over and picks his brother up and carries him in. And puts him on the kitchen table. Lays him, yeah, lays him out on the dining room table and, you know, sits down next to him and kind of holds his hand. And uh, Kevin's fucking, or Carrie's note was, I don't know, like, you know, basically, I don't know what the afterlife is like, but I'm going to go walk with my brothers tonight, mm-hmm. you know? And so then it does just a hard cut to, like, the, you know, it's really warm, orange daylight, you know? And, um, and Carrie's walking barefoot, so you can tell that, you know, this is the afterlife. I thought he was paddling a boat well at first he's walking across the front yard he's basically walking out of the oh, house yeah and he's got his toes in the grass and kind of jumps and then he mm-hmm. goes and he gets in the boat yeah because he has both feet yeah and he paddles across the lake and up on the dock is the other brothers you know mike and david are Mike's there playing the guitar yep and you know and he's like they're like hey brother you know and he's like yeah guys you know and he comes up and gets out and you know they kind of mentioned early on zach efron had that they had an older brother but he died they that, died at five, died, five died when the brother the brother was six kevin was five yeah and um, he's Jack Jr. So yeah. dad's name isn't Fritz. It's Jack, Jack. but his his professional name is Fritz. Because um, the whole, that's the thing they didn't talk about. The whole Fritz von Erich thing is that he's supposed to be like an ex-Nazi from like World War II, you know, who like came to the States after the fact. This is his whole thing. is like, that's why he's a villain. Thanks. Um, so, but, so he's Fritz von Erich. But uh, Carrie, you know, comes up and is talking to the brothers, hugging everybody. And they're like, hey, good to see you, buddy, you know. And uh, you know, he's like, where's, where's you know, Jack Jr.? And little kid comes out and he's hugging him and talking mm-hmm. to him all. And they have like a big group hug and it's really nice. Mm-hmm. And they're just hanging out. And then it just hard cuts to Zach. To Zach and it's just you know, to Kevin. Yeah, it's really gray. And he's just sitting there holding his dead brother's hand, like just sitting on the table there. And uh, it's that thing of like, he is all alone. Yeah. And, you know, he kind of leans up, gives his brother a kiss. And is basically like, you know, I mean, what do you do? Right. I mean. <laughs> I'm, he's alone now yeah. and like obviously from a relationship standpoint he doesn't have a dad or mom no. at this point um, it was just him and his brothers because it's too far at this point like you know you've as far as he's concerned it feels like 
they're all dead because of you. Yeah. Yeah. You took my brothers from me. Um, and so he, he leaves and he ends up selling the company cause they've mm-hmm. gotten a few buyout offers. And so he sells it off and takes the money and buys himself a, cause that's the other thing. Remember is he, he wasn't getting out, paid enough from his finds dad out that his dad was basically embezzling money from him. all of his money. Yeah. Like giving him nothing. Yeah. The amount that Zach Efron, you know, that Kevin's getting paid is not what Kevin's mm-hmm. getting paid, you know? And you know, dad's like, well, what'd you think it was free to live here and eat and shit and all that, you know? And so yeah, he, he ends up selling the company out from under dad and, Keeps the you know keeps money buys a house and whew, this is when it gets real heavy like you know because it's obviously it's still been really heavy but he's he's yeah. at home with the boys and um, watching his sons play in the backyard and he's sitting in the yard and he's crying and it's the kind of cry where you can tell like he didn't want to cry but it just bubbles up and you yeah. can't stop it you know he's sitting there, like quietly sobbing mm-hmm. you know and the boys are you know like I said running around the yard playing and they kind of look over and see that he's crying so they come up and are like Daddy what's mm-hmm. wrong you know and he's given the same spiel like dad and he's like i'm sorry boys you're you're not supposed to see me like this men don't cry or whatever and they're like what are you talking about dude we cry all the the time time. you know and he's like i guess that's true you know and it's funny because they're little boys and of course they cry you know and uh, they're like well do you you think you know why you're sad you know maybe we could work on it you know and he's still getting kind of choked up and tear and he goes well i guess it's because i i used to be a brother and i'm i'm not a brother anymore and then he just Starts sobbing again, and you and I both start crying. Yeah, and I just like looked lost over at each it. other, like, like, oh. like, oh my god, that is horrendous. I'm and again, it's like that's a really effective line of like Jesus. That is a really strange, not strange way, but like a poignant way to put like being somebody. You know, it's like yeah. if both your parents die, you're like, I'm not a son anymore. You know, and it's like that's a really weird. I've always been this, yeah. and now I'm just not. Just that's not. a whole. That's who I was, right? And especially when you know that one of the things that he wanted in life was to just be with his brothers, you know. And so then again, the the extra level of this is really in, impactful is the fact that it's a it, it is a true story. Obviously, that line is probably written, maybe not have been exactly as he said it, sure. or you know, but that sentiment is still there, you know. And so it's like, yeah, that's how this real person who like this happened to somebody, yeah. you know. And then it just kind of rolls credits, and you know, like what's the Von Erich family. Uh, the whole Von Erich family was inducted in the Wrestling Hall of Fame in 2009. The WWE. And what was it? Kevin has like, what was it like? 14 or four kids and like 13 grandchildren. Yeah. You know, and it was kind of nice to see like a really big family photo. And it's like, you know. Good on you. Yeah. Where, and again, I think it's this thing of like, the Von Erich curse wasn't a Von Erich curse. It was his dad. Yeah. You know. And once you get out from under that, you can be the, you can be the change, you know, broke the curse per se. Yeah. And, um, yeah, dad was really, I wanted him to die. Yeah. I mean, it's that really weird thing of like, he's such an effective villain. And then it's like, well, he's not a villain. He's a real person. Like, you know, maybe they played it up. And again, I mean, there is a little bit of like a, there's a bunch of people like that out there today. Yeah. And I mean, it's there, obviously there's a narrative bias because it is told from Kevin's perspective. Sure. Um, so this is how Kevin felt and experienced the whole thing. You know, it'd be a totally different movie if you played it from dad's perspective. Right. Right. Which might still be an interesting story of like, you know, making him a very, uh, it's hard to root for this guy kind of character, you know? Yeah. But again, it, you know, it's told from Kevin's perspective. One, because he's probably the most, um, what an interesting perspective to get, right, is he's the one that survives. So also by necessity, it's his perspective because he's the only story that we have verbatim, you know? 
Um, but no, I mean, it was, it was very good. But again, yeah, like we talked about, we'll, we'll buy it when it comes out. Oh yeah. Probably won't watch it. <laughs> not for a while. Yeah. Might be one where you're like, you know what movie, you know, if you have somebody over that's not seen it and you're like, you got to watch this movie. Yeah. It's, you it's know? good. We got to put it on, but it's, it's tough and we got to watch it. Um, but yeah, definitely not one that I'm going to be like, let's put that shit on. Mm. But, uh, definitely go check it out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. It's a movie that deserves to get, get its money made. Um, because you know, again, don't get a ton of movies like it. You know, in, in a world of uh, MCU, DCU, you know, Spider-Man comic book movies. You know, uh, let's get some more movies that have like really good impact and, and meaning. You know, and are cheap. Yeah, you know. But uh, what uh, what you been thinking about, Chris? I think what you meant to say is welcome back to Chris's creepy corner. I'm your creepy. Whoa! Yeah, I told you that's Yikes. what it needs to be called. Because it's not cryptids anymore. It's just uh-uh. creepy. Uh-uh. It is. Because this isn't a cryptid either. Yeah. I'm rolling with a, a little creepy 40 corner. Yeah. I'm your host, Chris. This week, I'm get a little of this shit. All right. Have you ever heard of the weepy-voiced killer? No. 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 So it is uh, this serial killer named Paul Michael St- uh, Stefani. Okay. Uh, and he, like around, born September 8th, 1944, um, until June 12th of 98, um, he would call the police reporting his crimes of him killing people. Yeah. But, and like, he would just be in hysterics yeah. when he did it. And like, no one really knows if the hysterics were like, was he putting it on? Was it staged? Was yeah. he genuinely sorry about it? Was yeah. he like some sick sick man maybe Um, and I want to see here yeah so on December 31st 1980 uh, Stefani beat Karen Potak in St. Paul Minnesota uh, inflicting severe wounds uh, such as the main one being a brain injury Uh, Stefani himself called police at 3am to report the attack directing the police to a location where the girl is hurt there that's you know, in hysterics. And I have I have the recordings. Oh, okay. And we're going to listen to some of the calls that he's yeah. got. His next victim was Kimberly Compton. And this this is the one that gave me fucking chills. Yeah. Kimberly Compton, an 18-year-old student from Pepin, Wisconsin, on June 3rd, 1981, in a neighboring Minneapolis. Uh, after killing her, he again contacted the police, pleading... God damn, will you please just find me? I stabbed somebody with an ice pick. I can't stop myself. I feel like killing somebody. Two days later, he called the police and said he was sorry for stabbing Compton and would turn himself in, but yet didn't. On June 6th, he called the to say that newspaper accounts from some of the murderers were inaccurate. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, you're... That's not how That's it not it. Yeah. Similar to the Zodiac. And then his next call was on June 11th in a whimpering, barely coherent voice, and he cried, I'm sorry for what I did to Compton. He had a couple other killers there, too. It looks like he had two more. I'll just read them. Mm -hmm. His next victim was Kathleen Greening, who was found dead at her home just outside of St. Paul. Stefani later confessed uh, to drowning her in a bathtub in her Roseville residence. His fourth victim in his last murder was Barbara Simons, a 40-year-old nurse on the Minneapolis side of the Mississippi River. The two met at a Hexton bar, or a Hexagon bar, 
and Stefani asked Simmons for a cigarette, which she gave him. After spending the night at the bar with Stefani, uh, Simmons told the waitress, he's cute, I hope he's nice, and give me, uh, he's giving me a ride home. Simmons was found stabbed to death the next day. Um, there were no calls. Uh, after, you know, he didn't call after him. that one. He didn't call. But the weepy-voiced killer contacted the police after... Did eventually contact the police after the, the murder of Simmons, uh, saying, Please don't talk. Just listen. I'm sorry I killed that girl. I stabbed her 40 times. Oh, my God. Kimberly Compton was the first one uh, over in St. Paul. Jesus. Stabbed her over 40 times. Yeah. For his trial. Um, How did they catch him? Did he end up turning himself in? Stefani picked up a 19-year-old sex worker named Denise Williams on August 21st, 1982 in Minneapolis. Williams sensed something was wrong when Stefani began driving through the dark uh, suburban area rather than returning her to the city where he originally picked her up. Uh, after turning onto a dead-end road, he stabbed her 15 times with a screwdriver. Holy fuck. During the attack, Williams was able to hit Stefani on the head with a glass bottle, causing him to cut his face and head open. Her screams drew the attention of a man who lived nearby. Upon seeing Stefani trying to stab Williams again, began to wrestle with him to, you know, break it loose. Yeah. Causing Stefani to flee the scene. The man was able to call for help, call for an ambulance, and later helped identify Stefani. However, Stefani... When Stefani returned home to his apartment, he noticed he was bleeding badly and sought medical help. It was the, yeah, it was this call that confirmed Stefani was the weepy-voiced killer and linked him to the Williams attack. Further investigating, his work later connected the murders of Simmons, and then in 1997, he was diagnosed with skin cancer and had yes, less than a year to live. Uh, and then he confessed to the murders of Kim Compton, Barbara Simmons, and Kathy Greening. Yeah. He had not even been a suspect in the Greening death. Wow. So he ratted himself out. Yeah. Um, as he had not made f- a phone call saying that he had done it. Right. Uh, he confessed to to a beating in attack of 1980, stabbing Kimberly Compton in 81, drowning Kathleen Greening in 82, and then stabbing Barbara Simmons in 82, and uh, Denise Williams in 82 as well. He, can, yeah. he pleaded He's guilty to all of them. That's fucking nuts, dude. Yeah. Like, the fact that he, like they're like, oh, you killed her? Yeah. Like, we weren't even... Yeah. I mean, you figure that happens a lot. Yeah. I mean, part of the problem is the way that police stations handle um, evidence and things like that. There's almost a, a, like, inter... Yeah, I guess, like, inter-organization rivalry of, like, not sharing information. It's not like it goes into a big police database. Mm-hmm. It's if you're in a total other state or county... They might not share cases with each other, Mm-mm. and so like, they can go totally un. You know, there's you don't see the big pattern Mm-mm. because it's in this. It's in Minneapolis. It's over here, you know, in this state. And it's yeah, like here. realistically speaking, you or I could hop to somewhere in the yeah. inner city of our state, yeah, and kill somebody, right? Get away with it, yeah, potentially, right? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, super easy. But here is. Uh, It's a minute 34 for all of them. Okay. Right, so I'm just going to yeah. play them through. Yeah. Talk to listen. I'm sorry what I did to Compton. I couldn't help it. Don't know why I had to stab her. I am so upset about it. I keep getting drunk every day and I can't believe I did like a big dream. Oh, I'm 
I'll try not to kill anybody. How do you try? Right. <laughs> he's just, I'll try but it's that sad thing of like, he's like, that's that weird thing of like, he knows. And that's when it's like almost a compulsion or disease of like, he knows it's wrong. Seemingly doesn't want to, if you believe him, doesn't want to do it, but just can't stop. Serial murderer, just who would call himself, and it makes me think of um, shit. What's that movie it had? Played Elton John. Oh yeah, Taron Edgerton. Yeah. Um, Blackbird. Yeah, it yeah. makes me think of something along those lines where it's just yeah. like he called. He like everyone's like this. This guy always yeah. calls it him. You know, or says yeah. it's him. But this guy's just him. crying, like begging on the phone, like you know, I just yeah. like he's hurt. Please, you gotta like stop me. But, like, what do you think... Yeah, and, like, that's the thing. Is like, there's not a whole lot else about him as far as, like, if he was... Yeah. You know, like, a, a psycho. Yeah. Or, like, had some sort of... Disorder. Disorder or disease yeah. or anything like that. Um, but it is... Just, I mean, like, he was more, very obviously mentally ill. Um, or, like, but that's the big thing is, like, do you think he's born wrong? No. And even if he was, that's still somebody who's mentally ill. Sure. I mean, you I'm know, mentally I mean, ill. Sure. But that's... A very different. That's a slippery thing to, to try and compare the two, Chris. I am basically Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. Anybody who's mentally ill is probably should be locked up because they're going to kill people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What is if you if you're in the psych ward, you can't buy a gun, right? Yeah. <laughs> they tried to put me in the psych ward once. <laughs> I just left the hospital. <laughs> yeah, honestly. <laughs> Confidentially speaking, I am crazy. Yeah, I'm a fucking kill you. <laughs> no, but uh, that's I thought I just thought that was interesting and creepy, and I wanted to. Yeah, I know. If you guys like that, you know, write us. You guys email, like that know. shit? You're weird. No. Yeah, you're fucking <laughs> fuck goofy. you, dude. That's goofy. Oh, yuck, gross. You. But I mean, yeah. If you know any other like creepy like, <laughs> if you know any killing, killers, yeah. If you know any killers. Throw them in the email. Yeah. Yeah. Send us your address, uh, simplywomailbag at gmail.com. <laughs> what about you? What have you been thinking about? A couple things. Meaning a life? No. Um, what happens when we die? 
Nothing. The <laughs> uh, oh god no no I've been thinking about I've been playing the game Crusader Kings three. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm getting the hang of it. It's a game that I've picked up a couple times and sucked ass at, mm-hmm. and then been like, all right, well maybe this is just in for me, and I'm not getting it. And this last time I was like, you know what, I want I want to jump in that and just give it a poke. Mm-hmm. Doing pretty good at it this time, I think. I'm doing better than I ever have. So there we it go. feels like I'm doing yeah, well. That's what it's about. Um, it's about damn time, you know. <laughs> in a minute. I'm going to need a sentimental man or woman to pump me up, you know. Um, Pump me up. I don't know where Lizzo came from. But, um, no, it's a good time. I'm having a good time. I'm the king of Scotland. Scotland! No, I'm the king of Ireland, and I'm conquering Scotland right now. Potatoes. Um, What'd you say? I don't know any Irish things. I just went, potatoes. Potatoes. Uh, You good over there, my man? Yeah, I just said potatoes. Weepy killer. Don't talk. Just listen. Oh, God. Paul Michael, whatever his last name <laughs> was. Like, oh, don't talk. Just listen. Horrifying. So the other thing I've been thinking about is we're winding up to somewhere, hopefully in the next two to three weeks, start our own D and D campaign, hey. uh, like as a family. Mm-hmm. Um, hey. And and I'm going to be the DM. John the majors. Yep. <laughs> family. Hey. That famous line from Dom Toretto or uh, uh, Jonathan Majors. Um, <clears throat> it's a shame Vin Diesel won't get to be Kang anymore. Yeah. Um, do you see where where Vin Diesel was on ABC crying about uh, beating his girlfriend up? Anyways, apparently he does have allegations on him. Yeah, he does. I brought that up yeah. on the show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whatever happened <laughs> with news. that? I don't know yet. I mean, it's it's been like two weeks. It doesn't work that fast, my man. <laughs> Whatever happened with that? Is he in jail yet? Like, <laughs> goddamn. But. Um, no, so yeah, I've been doing a lot of research because I'll be a first time. I've never played D anD. I mean, I understand the concepts yeah. of it, you know, and, and I've I watched some like real plays. Um, Me but, currently wearing my D anD. D hoodie, and I've got my. Uh, are you my dad? Are you my dad from Dimension Twenty? Um, not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. But uh, yeah, so I mean, I understand the concepts of it, and Morgan really has been into it since she started playing Baldur's Gate, and it's like we gotta play it. Mm-hmm. Like I want to play it. So for Christmas, you know, Dad and I went together and got some like D and D stuff, like a starter kit and things like that. And she wants me to be the DM, so I'm like, all right. So I've been doing a lot of homework on like how can I make this fun mm-hmm. for everybody. I went to GameStop the other day, mm-hmm. and you can buy. Not a sponsor, by the yeah. way. You saw this? There's a thing you can buy, and it's like a giant troll. And he's got his legs crisscrossed around like a cauldron of fire. Mm-hmm. And you can take the top, like the a piece of the top of his head off. Yeah. And you throw your dice in there and it spits it out underneath the cauldron. Oh, and yeah, I was like, yeah. yo. Yeah, dice tower. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. But so hopefully, like I said, here in the next two to three weeks, we'll do our first session and uh, and get started. We'll see how it goes. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm excited about it. I've been doing a lot of like homework. and. You, know, you said all the characters you're making are preset. Yeah. Do yeah. you have my sheet? I do. Mm-hmm. Can I have it? Yeah. Yeah. Sketching stuff in. Yeah. Now, I'll, I mean, this is totally like we can talk about it here or not, but um, part of what I'm going to do is because it has its own pre set um, backstory a little bit. Yeah. But one of the things that I'm going to do from doing a lot of research on the campaign that we're going to run for people that are into it or know it's Dragons of Stormwreck Isle. It's a beginner's set, mm-hmm. um, relatively short adventure. Um, I've been reading like a lot. Like one session short or? No, it'll probably be about four sessions. Four? Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, yeah, four to five, just depending on how how, how much role we're going to do or how long we take. Yeah, right. But, um, yeah, so all of that to say, one of the bottlenecks is everybody has different 
motivations. And so we'll do a little bit of tweaking, tweaking. to make everybody's motivations oh. make sense together. Mm. So, um, you know, you can read your background, but don't get too hung up on like your personal goal. No. no. But yeah, it'll be a good time. I think I'm excited. Either way, it'll be fun. Yeah. And, you know, it's nice because other than you, I don't think anybody my, like my dad's going to play and he played D&D like in the 80s, maybe. Um, and so, so I'm, I'm going to be the most, you'll be the most experienced there and you're not that experienced. So we'll be learning mm. together, you know? I mean, that's the thing too. A lot of it is just shit on the fly. Yeah. Like in my yeah. other one, I literally just went to a brothel paid to have sex. The sex worker turned out to be a succubus and then I almost killed her. But right before I did, she said, if you let me live, I'll let you fuck me. And I said, I'll call that a deal. Damn good deal. <laughs> and that's how the session ended. I like that. This is now on the record is me and a bunch of my guy friends got together. And uh, there is one friend and that's a girl. All right. Me and a bunch of guy friends and a single uh, lady friend went to a common area and role played. And you know what we did when we role played? Went to a brothel and I said, I'll fuck you. And Damn right. And uh, and my, my friend who's the DM was voicing her lines for mm-hmm. me. I was bricked, dude. Like in any, I said, yeah, because it was like we, fin- we finished our quest. That is like, the nerdiest thing I've ever heard. We, well, we were so you we, know how to role played. We were in picking up a prostitute. We were. <laughs> hey, tuts. No, we were in Baldur's Gate, and he was like, "What do you want to do?" You know, because we just finished like, our quest. Fuck I was some like, bitches. I was like, "I want to roll a perception check." Is there a brothel around? <laughs> Landed like a seventeen. Yeah, he's and like, I was like, "Yes, there is." Boom. <laughs> he was like, "Yeah, there is." He goes, "There's one." He's like, two stalls down, three yeah. stalls to the right." You're like, "That's <laughs> so, me." Walk over, and it was also an inn, and so mm-hmm. I was like, "All right, well, it's nighttime. We'll sleep in." And then I, I won't I asked, be much sleeping, but I'll be in bed. <laughs> yeah, because I asked someone directions to it, and he was like, "You should ask for Cynthia." <laughs> and so I was like, "All right, is Cynthia Big here?" Yeah. And so Cynthia was the succubus. Where's Cindy? <laughs> <clears throat> I'm looking for someone by the name Diamond. <laughs> Chastity. <laughs> I'm looking for someone named Leonard. <laughs> yeah. So there we have it, folks. Chris uh, role played being a, a a John at a prostitute bar. Yeah. At a prostitute bar. Well, it really a didn't brothel. go my way. Well, yeah, because no, we you got all, your shit pushed yeah, we in. Almost, well, no. not not and not like you paid for either. No, no, I wasn't packing no fudge, but I mean, it is what it is. Anyways, uh, I think that's going to be where we start closing her off. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give us a great review on iTunes, Apple Podcast, whatever it's called now. Uh, you know, like and favorite and all that good stuff on your audio streaming service of choice. That way you get notified when we post our episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, as of right now, we're sticking with our normal schedule of Wednesdays. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, if you guys wanted to reach out to us and tell us what you thought about this episode, if you did get to see Iron Claw, what do yeah. you think about it? Um, you know, talk about any of the news. What'd you think about the Golden Globes? Like Chris had said about his cryptid there, his creepies yeah. there. You know any uh, know any other creepy stories you want yeah, us to talk know. about? Let us know. Yeah, I'm having fun with the like the nine one one calls or like audio, yeah. like yeah. being able to hear it. Yeah, it's a total other level. Yeah. But uh, how would people reach out to us, Chris? Yeah, you can always let us know. Reach out to us. You know, our Instagram and Facebook, YouTube is simply Whelmed Up Podcast. Uh, our Twitter handle is whelmed underscore simply. You can always reach out to us at our email, which is simplywhelmmailbag at gmail.com. That's right. I did want to mention last week we did stream for about two hours. We had a lot uh, of fun. Played Lethal Company. Had a good time. Probably had, do it again here yeah, soon. Yeah. Had a few people in attendance. Uh, seemed to have a good time with us. Yeah. Um, the, uh, so I, I was streaming it at uh, simplywhelmedpodcolin on Twitch. So... 
keep an eye out on that. And I, I posted ahead of time on uh, our socials just saying, hey, in about 30 minutes or whatever, I'll be going live. So, you know, tune in for that. So, yeah, if you're following us on our socials, you'll get notifications when we're going to go live. Bang, so, bang, bang. Keep your fucking eyes peeled, baby. That's all I got. Yeah, next week, I don't, I don't know. Um, I mean, Echo comes out and they're dropping all episodes at once. And it's going to have our boy Daredevil in there. So maybe we peep that shit. I, th- I don't know how many episodes it is. I think it's like six, maybe. So maybe we uh, maybe we peep it and just see what we think. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we'll play it by ear. See how it goes. Shoot, shoot. What's Yeah, you know what we'll do next week? What we fucking want that's to. Right, we'll, you know, I can wipe my ass on this mic, and that's what we're gonna fucking post. That's right. You just hear it. It's more like a, it sounds like a dog sniffing under the door. <laughs> just my just asshole your ass on the. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of here, man. Just sniffing the thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, I think that's the end of the episode, Chris. Tell everybody bye. Bye.